This is Larry Bertrand with another lesson in the Explore the Bible series. This week we break away from our series in Genesis to look at the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, scheduled for December 24th, 2023. God's authority is seen in his offer of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. So today we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. Luke 1, 31 and 32 reads, You will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So as we look at today's uh, lesson, we're in Luke chapters 1 and 2 for the con full context of the lesson background. Luke, the traveling companion uh, of the Apostle Paul, stands alone among the New Testament writers as a historian who's committed to pinpointing the New Testament events in their historical context. Over time, the accuracy of Luke's dating has been validated uh, consistently by the archaeology and biblical scholarship that is available. Luke 2 is no exception. Luke uh, opened this chapter by noting uh, historical context of the events he was describing. He primarily did this by focusing on those in secular power. Uh, he listed specific governing officials whom we can date with certainty uh, from historical records. Luke began his gospel by placing the events surrounding uh, the births of John the Baptist and Jesus during the reign. He places them during the reign of Herod the Great. Uh, Herod ruled as king from uh, 40 B.C. to 4 B.C. In chapter 2, Luke mentions Caesar Augustus, uh, the emperor of Rome. Augustus's Reign stretched from 31 B.C. to A.D. 14. The next mile marker in dating of these events uh, was Quirinius, governor of Syria, who evidently was in office on two different occasions from 6 to 4 B.C. and from A.D. 6 to AD 9. Each of these men are known to hi history and fit in the timeline suggested by Luke. The final clue to historical dating and validation with, within Luke's gospel is reference to the first registration or census. 
scholars point to two different censuses associated with Quirinius while he was governor. Luke indicated that this Christmas narrative occurred during the first census uh, of Quirinius, which affirms the widely accepted belief that Jesus was probably born between 6 and 4 BC. There was a system of dating that has helped us change from before Christ to AD, and there was some discrepancy in the dating of that time, but that's why we don't have Jesus born at the end of BC. After describing the angelic announcements of the birth of John and Jesus, as well as the subsequent birth of John in chapter 1, Luke moved uh, to the birth of Jesus. Gabriel's announcement to Mary emphasized the significance of this birth. Chapter 2 highlights the announcement by the angels to the Lord, uh, of the Lord to the shepherds. Although no not a part of this session, the remainder of Luke 2 highlights events that happened as the young Jesus grew towards adulthood. This chapter affirms that the Son of God became flesh and blood and, and grew like anyone of us. And the historical accuracy uh, combined with the fulfillment of biblical prophecy validates not only Luke's gospel, but also Jesus' identity as the Messiah come to restore the people to God. So as you read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 15 today, consider what God reveals about himself through the birth of Jesus. So in the opening paragraph in this personal study guide for this lesson, it says Jesus' arrival was unexpected, even though the Jews had been seeking the Messiah for hundreds of years before. We sometimes form opinions based on what we hear about someone or something, when we actually experience that something or meet that someone, it's not what we had expected. It, ever since the first sin in the Garden of Eden, which we talked about in earlier lessons, or last week's lesson, and God's promise that the woman's offspring would, be, <clears throat> would defeat the serpent's the serpent's sin and death was a great anticipation for the coming of this great conqueror. However, when Jesus finally came to earth, he came in a very unexpected way. Today, we're going to look for evidence that Jesus is the greatest gift anyone can receive from God. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, as I read these verses. Uh, 
I want, want to point out that God demonstrates his authority in fulfilled prophecy. So listen for the location of Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that, that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So I want you to try to put yourself in a situation or place where, where Mary and Joseph were expecting their first child, now having to travel to back to his home place of Bethlehem, and knowing that if Mary stayed behind, the baby might be born with Joseph not there. It was, it was really a challenge. I'm sure they talked about it and prayed about what they should do before this happened. So as we look at commentary readings on this set of verses, Jesus' birth was dated by Luke as falling in the reign of Caesar Augustus, who was officially made the ruler of the Roman Empire in 27 BC and ruled to AD 14. Uh, so because Herod the Great's reign uh, ended in 4 BC, Jesus was born <laughs> before that time. And so the the, the mention of Quirinius as governor of Syria poses a problem. Uh, he was governor in A.D. 6 and 7, much too late for Jesus' birth. Therefore, uh, does, does, the word, does the word first refer as in NIV to a first that is an earlier census by Quirinius? If so, one would have to posit a previous governor for Quirinius about, uh, about 4 BC. Perhaps a better solution uh, to take first to mean before, as it does, uh, to explain what what was said here. So Luke 2 would read, it was the census that took place before Quirinius was governor of Syria, so before 6 AD. There's a whole lot of study, a lot of historical evidence on who all the leaders were during this period of time when Jesus came on the scene in the world. So in verses 3 to 5, it says, For the census, Joseph and Mary went 
to Bethlehem. Joseph's, it was Joseph's ancestral home. Joseph was a descendant of David. That was a prophecy that was given in Old Testament scripture. Uh, so he was born in Bethlehem. Some have argued that it seems strange that people were not registered in the place where they currently lived, which is how we do it here in our country. However, other instances of this same practice are also seen in uh, historical evidence. Mary accompanied Joseph for several reasons. Uh, the couple knew she would have the baby during that time, probably. Joseph, uh, Joseph was gone, and they most likely did not want to be separated uh, during that event. Also, both of them knew that the Christ was the, the Messiah, or the child was to be the Messiah, and they they saw a lot of significance to that. They they also would have known that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. That's what Micah chapter five verse two prophesied. So Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was the fulfillment of prophecy, and God orchestrated everything that happened. So the significance of Bethlehem as Jesus' birthplace and his connection to the king to King David shows why being born in Bethlehem was so important. The events in these verses, uh, though they appear to have been initiated by humans, actually, as I've already stated, were orchestrated by God himself. He made all things happen as they did. So we look at the next section, Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. God demonstrates his authority through humble means. So listen for evidence of the simplicity of Jesus' birth as I read verse 6 and 7. So while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, she, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So verse 6, we see from the ESV Study Bible notes, you see that phrase, the time came. Uh, it was a, an appointed time. So on the surface, political reasons uh, determine, determine where Jesus is born. The census was to be taken. But the ultimate cause is that God, who control, con controls history and who guarantees that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem in accordance with Old Testament prophecy, as I've already mentioned, Micah 5, verse 2, and uh, another reference in Matthew chapter 2, I think it refers to that same prophecy, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 6. So verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, 
the greatest miracle in the history of the world, the eternal Son of God being born as a man happens quietly in a stable in an obscure village in Judea. Luke's description is restrained, giving only a few details. He refers to swaddling cloths. In ancient times, strips of cloth were used to wrap the baby, keep warm and secure after birth. Uh, the manger is, is a reference to a, f a feeding trough that was used to feed animals, if you will. And there's a reference to the end with the, the definite article, the. It indicates that this was a specific, publicly known lodging place for individual travelers and caravanners. You see also the phrase, no place for them. The inn was full. People from all over had come to Bethlehem for the census, since many came to Bethlehem to register for the census. There was no place for him, no room in the inn. So God demonstrates his authority through humble means. He also invites all people to witness his power. So let's look at the declaration that's given in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. God invites all people to witness his power. So listen for the descriptions of Jesus. Verse 8. As there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause a great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So looking at uh, notes from the, the Bible knowledge commentary, that first phrase in verse 8, an angel, a, an announcing angel appears to them. And it says, and another angel. 
So they appeared at night to the group of shepherds and heralded the the birth of their Savior. Uh, It's referring to the town of David. That was what Bethlehem was known as. The shepherds may have been caring for lambs which were destined for sacrifice during the time of Passover. So the appearance of the angel and the radiant glory of the Lord, it says, terrify them. Uh, That's not a surprise. And the Greek for terrified uh, literally means they feared a great fear. It stresses the intensity of their fear. They weren't just surprised, they were terrified. And the angel's message was comforting. The angels, the shepherds were told not to be afraid. The message was that the Savior, Christ the Lord, was born. This was good news of great joy, Luke writes. Throughout Luke, the word joy is often associated with salvation. Great salvation is found. That's the good news. So this news was to be proclaimed, according to angels, to all the peoples. These were specifically the people of Israel. But perhaps Luke also hinted that the Savior would be for all mankind. The angel uh, was then joined by a great uh, company of other angels engaged in praising God in the highest, a heavenly chorus, if you will. So the NIV's translation, on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests is, is an accurate translation of that phrase. It's probably better than the King James good news toward men. So on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests is the the better translation that we hear here, that we find here. Uh, So let me remind you that Christmas is a great time to seek God's restoration and forgiveness. Uh, If you are feeling disconnected, maybe during this time, return to the Lord. Let him speak to you. So while the birth of Jesus uh, garnered a a lot of attention at this time of, of year, as it does every Christmas season, The reality of what God gifts us through Jesus, his son, is amazing. It's something that should have been, uh, should have an impact on our lives every single day of the year. So this gift of eternal life through Jesus, through him, is indeed the best gift anyone could receive. 
in this Christmas season. So let's consider the uh, applications. God demonstrates his authority by fulfilling prophecy. Many, many prophecies were fulfilled with the coming of Jesus the Messiah. Also, God demonstrates his authority through humble means, born in a stable. God accomplished this miraculous feat. And finally, God invites all people, not just the shepherds, but everyone to witness his power, to witness the coming of the Messiah. So as we close, thank God for his incredible gift of eternal life. Uh, Jesus was born to be the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord for us. We close with a wonderful Christmas carol, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and heaven and nature sing joy to the world the lord is come pray with me lord thank you that you have come you came in a marvelous miraculous way and we Stop every year at Christmas time to remember. I pray somehow this would be the most amazing remembrance to worship, through music, through every opportunity we have to be reminded a Savior was born into the world and He makes all the difference in who we are. May we share Him with everyone we have opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.